So good morning, listeners, and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM. It's a Come and See Inspirations production being produced here at our Come and See studio here in Ada. And this is the 13th of September. It's the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining me. But also, uh, joining me this morning uh, to help me present and produce the programme, Shane Ambrose. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we doing this morning? Can't complain now. Thank you very much, Neil, for joining me. And of course, we also want to mention, especially at this time, those who are housebound. Those of our listeners who are homely and ho- lonely excuse me, and struggling in some way these days, especially our listeners who support us in prayer. And we thank you indeed for the old encouragement you do pass on to me, and I pass them on to Shane, especially those those fans of Shane who listen to his uh, part two and the introduction to our programme when he tells us all about saints. People want to know where he gets them all from. Mm-hmm. He might tell you about that uh, later on as he starts. But in the meantime, thank you again indeed for joining us. Uh, this programme, of course, is broadcast on Sacred Space at West Limit 102 Local Radio, 10am and 11pm each Sunday. The 10am uh, session is taken up with our broadcast of Mass from Abbeyfield Parish, and we thank Father Tony Mullins and the parishioners in Abbeyfield Parish for facilitating us with that, and also for Jason Smith, without whom we really couldn't do it, because he's the guy back in, in control in West Limit 102 Studios who connect us all with Abbeyfield Parish. But our program, our usual program, is broadcast as usual, 11pm uh, tonight. Um, and within that program this evening, we will have um, something of a different nature, something to uh, maybe offer people in these times of COVID restrictions, uh, some resources that might be able to help us to live out our faith. Not so easy these days with people afraid to go out and maybe can't get access to, to what they'd usually have. But we'll try and give you some indication of what's available in part two of our programme this morning. Again, if you want to get any uh, idea of um, what's been on in previous programmes, and in fact this programme, you can do so by logging into our Come and See Inspirations at buzzsprout.com. Uh, podcasting station so it's just google come and see inspirations and you get all of our podcasts there these podcasts are also available of course on spotify itunes google podcast and other platforms please do contact us uh, at any stage you like 087 that's our text address that's 087 or email us and come and see inspirations at gmail.com now, as requested by his many fans out there, we bring you Shane Ambrose, who's going to give us some idea of saints for the week. What about that for an introduction, Shane? Yeah, I could do now without the whole razzmatazz. Thanks a million. <laughs> Good morning. Anyway, as John said, usually at this time of the programme, folks, we take our running run through uh, the Celestial Guides for the coming week. So saints that will accompany us are events, liturgical events that are on in the church's calendar for the next seven days so as john said atop the program today is the 24th sunday in ordinary time so we only you know there's only a couple of weeks left um because we have only got about 33 sundays in the year this year um so for those of us praying in the psalter we're on week four now i'm going to come back to that little thing in part two of the program when i talk about the psalter in week four we'll come back to that again so in terms of the saints and liturgical events this week so um Today, the 13th of September, will be the feast day of St. John Chrysostom, who is a famous Eastern saint, Chrysostom Golden Mouthed. 
a famous preacher and bishop and doctor of the church. It's not celebrated this year, obviously, because it's the Sunday. Monday is the feast day of the exaltation of the Holy Cross. Now, this is a feast day we celebrate in union with many of the Eastern Orthodox. So what it's okay, what it's linked up with is that on the 13th of September, 335 AD, the original churches built on Calvary, so the Church of the Holy Sepulchre and all of those, they were consecrated as churches. So their date, their date of consecration, their date of dedication is the 13th of September. And obviously that's a big day for the community in, in Jerusalem. But on the universal calendar for the Catholic Church, we also we celebrate the 14th of September, which is the feast day of the exaltation of the Holy Cross. And it celebrates the what's called the discovery of the, of the Holy Cross, the true cross by St. Helena, the mother of St. Constantine. And 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 how and, and it was the first occasion after she finding it that it was public publicly venerated in the city of Jerusalem. Um, it's an interesting one. It's a it's a it's 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 a it's a feast day up there that's kind of held in. Con- it's kind of a mirror of Good Friday. You know, you could say Corpus Christi is the mirror of Holy Thursday. So the exaltation of the Holy Cross is the mirror of Good Friday. And just to note as well, this year because of COVID. The collection for the holy places that usually is taken up on Good Friday was postponed. So it will either be taken up at Masses today or next weekend, but it's to be taken up around the feast day of the exaltation of the Holy Cross. And that money, what that money goes towards, it goes to the custody of the Holy Land. So that's the Franciscans in the Holy Land. And it supports the maintenance of the shrines and the basilicas of in the Holy Land, the Catholic shrines and basilicas. But it also supports the charitable work of the Franciscans, supporting the Christian community in the Holy Land, which is very much under pressure uh, economically and many other ways as well. So if you could donate to that, it would be a wonderful one to contribute. Then Tuesday, John, is the feast day of Our Lady of Sorrows, Our Lady of Dolores, it's also called, the Seven the seven Sorrows of Mary. So it's a feast day which is normally held um, just after the exaltation of the Holy Cross. Actually, John, just in relation to the, um, uh, the Holy Cross, just to say happy feast day, to the Irish Dominican province because the, the exaltation of the Holy Cross is actually the patronal feast day of the province in Ireland. It's the day that mo- if if a, 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 pers- a man is entering the Dominicans that he will receive the habit and also if they make first vows. And as far as I'm aware this year, uh, we do actually have a man from West Limerick that is joining the novitiate in Cork. So best of luck to him in that particular journey. So then, sorry, back to Tuesdays. The feast, it's the it's the memorial of this Our Lady of Sorrows. Um, so, of course, obviously, there's that great tradition of Mary standing at the foot of the cross. Um, the stab, you know, and we have a lot of things associated with like the stab at Mater. And of course, famous depictions like the Pieta in the in 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 Rome, mm-hmm. were created by uh, Michelangelo. But what we're actually um, we you you have the you the the this, you know the seven is a great number, I suppose, for 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 different things. You have the seven graces and uh, mm-hmm. uh, and so on and so forth. But the seven sorrows of Mary uh, is something that was it's a medieval um, observer, observance. And I suppose if I was to ask you, John, what are the seven sorrows of Mary? Would I put you on the spot? You would. And next. (laughs) (laughs) So the seven sorrows of Mary is the prophecy of Simeon, that a sword would pierce her soul, the flight into Egypt, the loss of the child Jesus in the temple, the meeting of Jesus and Mary on the way on the Via della Rosa, the crucifixion, the taking down of the body of Christ from the cross and the burial of Jesus in the tomb. There's no doubt about it. It's great to have been. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so that's the seven sorrows of Mary. So that's on Tuesday. Wednesday is the feast day of St. Cornelius and St. Cyprian's. Um, both, one is Pope. Cornelius was a Pope in 251 and he was, he died in exile. He was, he's patron saint actually for cattle and domestic animals. And I, for the life of me, I could not find out how he got that patronage. Uh, I'm still looking it up. So anyone that's got, uh, who's called Con or Cornelius, happy feast day on Wednesday. Cyprian was the Bishop of Carthage, teacher and preacher, and he was martyred as well in 258 AD. Friday is, oh, sorry, Thursday is the 17th. It's the feast day of St. Robert Bellamine. Bellamine, he's a famous Jesuit saint. He was a Cardinal Bishop of Capua, very much involved in the theological controversies of his time, including the um, trial of Galileo. And he's he's a patron of catechists. And he's another one of these doctors of the church. Friday is an interesting one. It's the feast day of St. Joseph of Cupertina. Now, for those of you um, that may have struggled with your academic achievements in school, St. Joseph of Cupertina would be your patron saint because he is a man who suffered uh, <laughs> trying to do his exams was regarded as not being able to be a priest because of his lack of education. And but eventually he was accepted as an oblate at the Franciscans near Cupertina. And then eventually he was allowed to be ordained a priest at the age of 25. He could still barely read or write, but he could um, he could say the mass and he had a great gift for reading hearts. The same number of things associated with him. He's also the patron saint of um, helicopters, I think, air forces and air crews. Um, the reason being he was supposed to levitate when he prayed. It was an interesting one. Yeah, could you imagine being sitting? Could you imagine kneeling beside him in the chapel, and suddenly he's up on up in the rafters? You'd be kind of going right. I need to pray more. So that's Saint Joseph of Cupertino. His feast day is the 18th. And finally, John, on Saturday we have the feast day of Saint Januarius. I think is how you pronounce it. He is a saint associated with Naples, and he died in 305 AD. Now I always find this one interesting because. It'll be interesting to see what happens next Saturday in Naples because there is a tradition that on his feast day there is a vial which by tradition contains the blood of the saint and if it liquefies it means good news and good fortune for the city of Naples but if it doesn't liquefy uh, by tradition it means a great woe is going to fall befall Naples and generally the woes have involved either earthquake, plague or volcanic eruption. And it's generally, he's generally been on the mark. So, it, it, yeah, well, generally what happens is you have, there's a bust of him with his red, with his skull uh-huh, inside uh-huh. and they bring the vial over to it and hopefully it turns into, in turn, it liquefies. And it's it's always an interesting one. This, uh, the, 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 the people of Naples take this very, very seriously. Like the whole, even the even when the, you know, the mayor turns up, even when they're confirmed secularists and anti-church, they turn up for this because it's a serious thing. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, poor old St. Janarius, next, next Saturday in Naples. Shane, there's no doubt about it. You're living up to your name. Well done. Very comprehensive. Thanks a lot for that. Now, last week, we did indicate that today, which traditionally has been the Irish Grandparents Pilgrimage Day to Knock. And in in places, in times past, we've been there ourselves. Up to 10,000 and maybe more people have attended. There was wonderful ceremonies that particular day. Of course, I can't do it today. But there's a grandparents' prayer which I'll pray for all of us grandparents this morning. Lord Jesus, you were born of the Virgin Mary, the daughter of Saints Joachim and Anne. Look with love on our grandparents the world over. Protect them. They're a source of enrichment for families, for the church and for all of society. Support them as they grow older. 
May they continue to be, for their families, strong pillars of gospel faith, guardians of noble domestic ideals, and living treasures of sound religious traditions. Make them teachers of wisdom and courage, that they may pass on to future generations the fruits of their mature human and spiritual experience. Lord Jesus, help families and society to value the presence and roles of grandparents. May they never be ignored or excluded, but all always encounter respect and love. Help them to live serenely and to feel welcomed in all the years of life which you give them. Mary, Mother of all living, keep grandparents constantly in your care, accompany them on their earthly pilgrimage, and by your prayers grant that, grant that all families may one day be united in the heavenly homeland, where you await all humanity for the great embrace of life without end. Amen. I believe that was written by Pope Emeritus Benedict the Sixteenth in two thousand eight for Catholic Grandparents Association. So at this point of our program, we'll go for our traditionally we'll go for our first bit of music. Slight little bit of a difference this morning. We had a wonderful occasion where myself, Shane, and a few more uh, people who knew Lorraine Buckley were eagerly watching our church services last Sunday, five o'clock. Special occasion when? Well, Shane, tell us what happened. So yeah, we mentioned it on last week's program. So um, it 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 was an interesting one, and and we thought we'd share it with listeners. A because uh, many listeners would have known Lorraine. Uh, both through the programme and her work in Newcastle West Parish, but also because it's something that isn't very common anymore and people might not um, be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, you know, ordinations and entrance to religious life, they're not as common as they used to be. So we're, we're just going to share a small excerpt of the ceremony that happened. And what John has done is very cleverly put together a little a little summary of it. But what happened is basically there was evening prayer with the sisters, the Dominicans of St. Joseph, and as part of the ceremony, um, one of the sisters called the two uh, women that were going to accept the, the veil, that's Lorraine and Kira, to come forward and, uh, and ask them, what did they seek? What did they ask? Then there was, there, they had Vespers, which is evening prayer. And then there was a small bit of a, a talk or an oration or a little sermon from the Mother Superior, uh, the Prioress. And then there was the presentation of the habit and the giving of their name and religion. And the, we close it then with the playing of the Magnificat being sung by the sisters of the of uh, the Dominican sisters of Saint Joseph, and I just thought, and John John put it together, and I think it's a nice little package just to share and give a flavour of uh, what it was very um, special occasion. And I know one or two people that watched it, and one person said it to me. It was it was emotional as well, you know. And I think for me, the thing that stood out for me was the two smiles on their faces like you they were like Cheshire cats <laughs> in the name of the Dominican sisters of St. Joseph I call Lauren Buckley and Kara Fowler to please come forward what do you seek God's mercy in And the veil is primarily the sign of chastity. 
It is a sign of that great commitment of yourself that you will make as a bride of Christ. And it is a sign not only to the world, but also to you. A constant reminder of the life to which you have been called. And so you have come to God, and we are about to make you over and to clothe you. To clothe you with Christ. And so clothe yourself in this habit with the virtues. Clothe yourself with Christ himself and always keep the habit pure and clean. Return it spotless. When the Lord comes on that last day, how will he find you? Will you say, Lord, I can't come, I'm not ready. These shoes have trampled on so many people. My tunic is deceit and idleness and pride. My cloak is infidelity. I can't come. I have to change. On that day, there will be no time to change. And so this habit, which you are about to receive, this habit is clothes for the journey. Clothes for your journey. Your journey from Dominic with your brothers and sisters in the family of Dominic to the heart of Christ. In the world, you were known as the rain. Henceforth, in the order, you will be called Sister Marie Dominic, and your name will be the 8th of August. listeners to Sacred Space 102 here on West Limerick 102, a Come and See Inspirations production for West Limerick 102. My name is Shane Ambrose. Delighted to have you with us this morning. And I'm still here in studio with John Keeley. Morning, John. Good morning again, Shane. How are we doing? you back in studio again. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, for part two of the programme, folks, well, sorry, I hope people enjoyed that little excerpt of uh, the clothing ceremony uh, or the reception of the veil is sometimes what it's called. Now, just to clarify... Um, Lorraine, they and Lorraine and Kira, they received the habit of the Order of Saint Dominic. They haven't actually made any vows, so what they're doing now is they're entering what's called their novitiate. It's what's called a formal canonical year of mm-hmm. formation. Is it two years? Um, it, I, I'm not sure because I got different numbers on that. Okay. Uh, I thought one was a year. Then I think I heard it was eighteen months. Mm-hmm. So I'm not hundred percent sure. But at the end of that period of time, what will happen is then if they stay and if they're accepted Mm-mm. and all the rest of it. Um, they will make their first vows. Mm. So uh, so that's what it is. And for any of you that actually wanted to watch that, if you wanted to go back and see it, it is actually available as a video on churchservices.tv and you're looking for the Dominican Sisters of St. Joseph. So now in part two of today's programme, myself and John, we've had a lot of uh, visitors and so on and so forth over the last couple of weeks. And then just the way the calendar worked out, we suddenly had a bit of a gap. 
So we were kind of going, hmm, what are we going to do? Because John and myself were panicking. What are we going to do in this week's program? So actually, we decided we're, there's, there's a couple of things we want to kind of cover in this week's program. One is actually what we're going to do is we're going to look at some resources just that might be available for people. We're facing into the winter. Uh, things are still a bit uncertain around the whole COVID side of things. So I hope you're washing your hands, keeping your distance and wearing your masks. And and just we're going to share between the two of us what resources we use that maybe people might be interested in. We're going to do online and offline because we are aware that a lot of people may not have access to the Internet. Uh, So we're going to go through some of those, um, some recommendations in terms of books and magazines. So if you wanted to get a piece of pen and paper handy, Mm -hmm. you just wanted to jot down a few things, they'll be coming up in the conversation in the next while. And also, as part of that, we're also going to have just a brief conversation about the season of creation. But we'll get to that once we have the resources done. So, John, you were going to hit us off. Okay, so I was specifically thinking about those of our listeners who might not have the availability of going online. One of the best resources and easiest resources to get really to stay in touch with their faith, as far as I'm concerned, is the Irish Catholic newspaper. It's available from most church porches, even these days. Um, many shops I know Super Value in Newcastle West certainly have it priced at two euros very cheap resource as far as I'm concerned it contains Catholic news and items from around the, the world uh, and abroad including the Vatican regular com- contributors including Nuala O'Lone Breda O'Brien John Allen David Quinn these write articles for us each week and also there's a variety of, of other contributors who share from time to time various topics there's a family and lifestyle section, which includes uh, family news events and faith for the family. Price of two euros, I think, is great value. Just one more, uh, just one more resource there. An awful lot of people I know uh, use it these days. Um, my wife Anne certainly gets it every month. The Sacred Heart Messenger. It's a wonderful resource. It's been going for euros. Uh, again, it's available in most churches and I'd say in some shops too. Published monthly, price of two euros. Regular topics include reflections on the Pope's infle- uh, re- intentions, uh, reflections on masterpieces of Christian art. Christian Moriarty explores the history and architecture of different churches around the place. Young People of Faith is explored with J- John Murray. Gardening, cookery, crosswords are also featured each month. And a variety of topics are also included from various other contributors. About 50 pages, two euros. Very cheap, I think, I might just mention uh, Radio Maria. For those, again, listeners who are not online, this is available and serve you. So go to RT1 uh, TV, come back one, you'll come on to Radio, Radio Maria. It's 210 in the dial. Various parts of the day, 8.15, 9.15, um, 5 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the evening, 5.30 in the afternoon too, they have the liturgy of the hours. That can include morning prayer, prayer during the day. They have an exam in the night prayer at 11 p.m. each night. The rosary is on a number of times a day, certainly at 5 o'clock. There's one where various listeners are contributed by phoning through. Uh, there's daily mass at 10 a.m. There's chatechesis, as Father Eamon McCarthy calls it, uh, each day after mass, 11 p.m. for an hour. Wednesdays, 2 p.m., there's vocation stories. Uh, 4 p.m. Mondays, the Christian music hour. Thursday, 2.30 uh, through Thursday afternoon, Eucharistic Miracles. Wonderful resource again for those who cannot go online. You can text uh, your request for a prayer 
or even join in maybe a conversation with them. And that's an 089-467-2000. That's 089-467-2000. And that's radiomaria.ie. You can get it online, but also Serview Channel 210. Shane. Right. Now, just continuing the offline selection that's there for people as well. One of the ones that I would recommend actually is the Magnificat magazine. So it's a monthly magazine. So 12 of them in the year. Um, they're, they're around five euros a month. Uh, some are available from the Abbey Bookshop in, in Limerick if you wanted to get them. They're also available online through the Irish Catholic website. The Irish Catholic acts as a distributor for it. It's a lovely monthly prayer book that does each day of the month what it does. It does a morning, a very simplified morning and evening prayer. It also gives you the readings for the Mass. Uh, in the middle of the booklet, there's the, the parts of the Mass. So particularly if you're at home and you want to follow the Mass um, and you're watching it on television or listening to the radio and you want to have it in front of you, it's an excellent resource to have. I would highly recommend it. It also has different things about the saints, different reflections. Each month it does a different uh, kind of evening prayer so that you can learn it off for that particular month if you want to have it with your family. And there's there's nice bits and pieces in it. So I would highly recommend the Magnificat, it's called. And like I said, it's six months, it's about 30 euros. You can get it for, you can get it for a year for 53. It's available via the Irish Catholic website. But if you're, if you're not online, um, I, as far as I'm aware, the Abbey Bookshop in Limerick also stocks it. <clears throat> now that leads me into the next one. So in terms of kind of resources and, and things for people, um, one of the things that I personally would encourage people to look into is exploring and learning about the Liturgy of the Hours. Um, it used to be known as the Divine Office, and once upon a time it was very much associated with priests and clergy. But at the Second Vatican Council, there was kind of a rediscovery that the Liturgy of the Hours is the prayer of the entire church, not just the clergy. Now, by tradition, it's associated with clergy and, and monasteries because they would pray what were called the hours at the time, seven times a day. But there's an encouragement for people and particularly lay people to take it up. And there's different ways you can do it. There's a nice short um, version kind of morning and evening prayer, which is a nice one to have. Then if you want to get as you get more comfortable with it, you can expand it out into other times of the day. And you can also look at Compline, which is the night prayer uh, and things like that. Now, it can be a little intimidating um, to start off because um, there's a lot of different parts to it and there's a bit of terminology that you have to get your head around. So if someone, if you were online or if you have someone that could push if, um, an app on your phone, there you, there is a site called Universalis. It's called universalis.com. And what they do is you can set it up so that it opens up for you so you just use it to pray. Um, you don't have to worry about flicking back and forth between pages and things like that. So you can get the Universal Salus um, app or you can get a Catholic calendar app. Now, I have this myself. And what it gives me is it gives me scripture readings for the day, readings at mass, the order of mass. And it gives me the various liturgy of the hours. And it gives me a, my liturgical calendar so I know what saints are coming up. And it also gives an Angelus and the rosary. And it's very handy to have it on your phone because I've often lately, because there's no leaflets been given out at mass, and sometimes there might be parts of the Mass, say, for example, the Creed or the Gloria that you might trip yourself up on. So I obviously turn off my volume on my phone, but I can have it for the parts of the Mass in front of me as well. So that's Universalis. And that is, again, that's about 172 euros a month. Just going back again to Radio Maria, maybe just to help people, just to understand that, as you said, to familiarise themselves. 9.15, literally the hours is morning prayer. And um, um, 12 noon, there's prayer during the day. And 
night prayer is at 11 p.m. It just allows people maybe to fill in the mm-hmm. rights of as you would just say. Sorry about that. Yeah, no hassle. Mm-hmm. And just, I was actually I was actually going to suggest that people could also tune in to... Um, on one of okay, one of the other sites that we're definitely encouraging people to examine. So we're going to move online now. So one of the key ones I think which people have discovered over the time of COVID is churchservices.tv. So this is the website that hosts the webcams from different churches and different parishes around around the country, basically, and also around the UK. Um, so this, there's been a bit of um, armchair shopping in terms of parish liturgies. Uh, and I, I know quite a few people actually that have done that. For me personally, I came across Church Services TV actually when I was overseas because um, they are the ones that you, where you can access the Glinstall uh, masses and liturgy of the hours. So if you want, if there was some Sunday evening or particularly a Saturday evening, if you had time around 8.30 on a Saturday evening and you were online with Glenstall Abbey, I would highly recommend listening into and watching the Office of the Resurrection. It's the last, it's their prayer of the evening on a Saturday evening. It's a vigil for the Sunday. It's an office which is very unique to Glenstall. It's sung, obviously, from the monks, and I would highly recommend it. So it's the Office of the Resurrection. It's on around 8.30 at Glenstall, and you can access it on the churchservices.tv or, where, or via Glenstall's own website. In addition to that, a couple of other resources for people. Now, these are a combination of prayer resources, but also just general knowledge resources for faith and things like that. We highly recommend on this program, Word on Fire, by Robert Bishop Robert Barron. So it's an institute in the US. It does solid um, solid Catholic stuff, basically. He's an excellent televangelist. For many people, he's seen as kind of the second Fulton Sheen um, in, in many quarters. He's very strong. He's now currently an auxiliary archbishop of the LA Archdiocese, but he started off as a lecturer in Mundelein Seminary in um, Chicago. So Word and Fire has been going for quite a number of years. They do videos, they do blogs. They do articles. They have their own website where they do um, their own books, for example. Uh, online YouTube, Father Barron gives short, snappy, kind of quick discussions about different things that come up. So, for example, recently he's done short pieces about what's happening in America and so on and so forth. Um, and it's, it's very good. It comes with a high recommendation. Actually, every morning I get an email in with Father Barron, uh, sorry, Bishop Barron, giving us a reflection on the gospel for the day. Yep. Again, a great resource. Great resource to have. And uh, if you're on Facebook as well, they have a very active Facebook account. Um, Facebook is an unusual one. I'm slow to recommend it because many people don't have Facebook accounts. But often, um, if you have, if there's a website or a community, they often will have a Facebook account. So, for example, Limerick Diocese, the website is there. It's been maintained and upgraded uh, in the Dawson office. But they also have a very active Facebook account. The Diocese, um, another website I would recommend is iBenedictines. It is a community of Benedictine sisters in the UK and they generally post a daily reflection. It's quite good. Um, So it's iBenedictines if you Google that. Um, Vatican Radio is another good one. The Vatican News website. There's lots of reflections and obviously they cover everything from the Pope. Uh, The Pope's Twitter feed is also a good one to check in on um, just to keep an eye on. Uh, other Twitters, other Twitter feeds, and you don't have to be on Twitter to follow these. It would be the likes of Knock, Lockderg. Uh, they'll be good ones to check in from time to time. Sacredspace.ie, the official Sacred Space, not Sacred Space 102. <laughs> this is sacredspace.ie. Close. <laughs> yeah, we have the 102 is very important. We don't we don't want to be sued by the Jesuits. Yeah. <laughs> 
So Sacred Space, the original Sacred Space, which was set up by the Jesuits, is an online resource page where they do reflections, they do online retreats, um, and it's it's been running probably for about fifteen years at this stage. Mm-hmm. It's very good resource if you're online. It's it's one of the it's a Jesuit one. A sister one to that is dot um, dot ignatius dot com. Um, it's another uh, Jesuit resource one. It's it's done by uh, Loyola Press. Uh, or Ignatius Press, rather, out of the US. It's quite a good one for in terms of resources. Um, then on top of that, uh, you also have from the UK, in the Jesuits in the UK, you have a website called Pray As You Go. And again, if you have somebody that can download things for you onto your phone, that's a, one for, it's a very good one for an app, particularly if you want to go out walking and listening to reflections as you go. They do a nice morning prayer. It's short reflection, simple music. It eases you into the day. Now, in terms of books uh, and just that kind of thing, so obviously I personally am a firm believer in good old-fashioned books. And um, so just a couple of recommendations just to keep an eye out, look, an, eye, an eye out for. So Abbey Bookshop in Limerick has some good stock. Uh, Orbis Books publish a series of spiritual writings, which is summaries of the spiritual writings of famous people. So you have like Oscar Romero, Martin Luther King, Doris Day, Dorothy Day, rather. Uh, you know, they're good ways to get an introduction to the writings of those people. Uh, and then another one that I'm currently recommending to people is Henry Nguyen. Now, the man died in the 19, early 1990s. He was a Dutch writer based and famous in the early 80s. Lovely stuff if you can get your hands on it. It's older stuff, but you you better get Henry. You probably have to request Henry's stuff in the local library if it was open. And I know some of the local libraries are reopened again. So, John, I'm afraid we have to call it a day on that one. You know, so there's one more book left right at the end, and you have it yourself. Oh, yes. So it's God's Word 2020. It is a publication of the Paulines, uh, St. Paul's Press, St. Paul's Publishing. And it is a, it is basically what it is. It's the re-readings of the day uh, for each day of the year. And, um, and it also includes short little reflections uh, month, each a different person has taken each month. Actually, a good friend of the program, Sister Louisa Rourke, 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 took the one for July this year, and it's it's a very good resource. Uh, I use it. John uses it, yeah. and uh, it's great just just to have the readings of the day just in front of you if you wanted them. And that's called God's Word 2020. Now, obviously, as we're in September, you might want to go out and buy the one for 2020, but it would be no harm, maybe if you wanted it to drop a hint and someone might put that in your stocking at the end of the year, you know, that particular time we have. So just to think about it. However, if you take a visit to Adi Church mm-hmm. and just walk inside um, to the porch area there, there is a book stand there and under the book stand there and a lectern there, there is the book available for people to read so they can just walk in it's open at the at page of the day they can read the, the, the first reading the second reading and a little reflection it'll take you a few minutes until it's something to take away with some little message to take away with each week yeah just one of the things I think about COVID is that it has it has I suppose it's encouraged us to rediscover what it is to be a domestic church and the the reality of it is while you know, there are great devotions out there, like, for example, the Rosary or the Divine Mercy Chaplet and things like that. We also have to recognize that that doesn't suit some people. You know, Saint, Saint, I think it was St. Teresa of Avila, um, or it might have been John Henry Newman, used to say that prayer is talking heart to heart with God, talking with your friend. And, you know, for each of us, conversations with our friends 
are very unique to each one of us. So there's no one way of prayer and dialogue with God and the Holy Spirit. So it's it's one thing I think that COVID has taught us that we have to find what works for us. And even for me and myself, um, it it varies. Sometimes I, you know, personally, I I, I, I like the, the the liturgy of the hours. Um, I, 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 I learned it when I was in Uganda. Uh, sometimes, but sometimes that doesn't work for me. It can be a bit wordy, it can be a bit complicated. Uh, other times it's Lexio, whatever works. Whereas some people, for them, it's the rosary. For some people, it's the divine chaplet. It's what works for you that creates the divine space in your life. Uh, and But definitely we would say to people, you know, simple things, a calendar, uh, a candle, a small holy chapel, a small holy statue of your favorite saint, your maybe the, your particular devotion to Mary, the sacred heart, whatever it is. And just that five minutes in the day will keep you sane. Okay, with that, uh, thanks a lot for sharing. We'll go for a second piece of music. Actually, the piece of music I'm chosen this morning to finish up this part is, it's entitled, In My Heart, I Want to Be a Christian. So this is sung by Valemar Janssen. Join us again in part three, where we read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel. Welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space 102. My name is John Keeley, still joined by Shane Ambrose. And we do hope that we were able to give you some resources there, some idea of maybe how to spend 
uh, your time, some of your time anyway, keeping in touch with your faith. I think there's some wonderful resources between online and offline. And no doubt, maybe you've got some that you'd like to share with us. I have one I just wanted to add to that list. Go on. It's a YouTube channel. It's from, called The Mindful Monk. Ah, yeah, Glenstall. He, he's a man from Glenstall. If you have a minute, Google it. It's brilliant. Okay, there you are, guys. We're going to keep on throwing them at you. And if you want to throw some back to us, please do so. Oh, definitely. If people have suggestions, please text them in and let us know. And the text number again is 087-6088-667. That's 087-6088-667. Or you can email us links. And that's commonseeinspirations at gmail.com. So now we'll come to our Sunday Gospel Reflection. Uh, Before that, Shane will pray this prayer before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander, but may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this Father in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thanks for that, Shane. So the Gospel for today, the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time, is taken from the Gospel of Matthew. Peter went up to Jesus and said, Lord, how often must I forgive my brother if he wrongs me? As often as seven times? Jesus answered, not seven, I tell you, but 77 times. So the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who decided to settle his accounts with his servants. And when the day of reckoning began, they brought in a man who owed 10,000 talents, but he had no means of paying. So the master gave orders that he should be sold, together with his wife and children and all of his possessions, to meet the debt. And at this the servant threw himself down at the master's feet. Give me time, he said, and I will pay the whole sum. And the master's servant felt so, and, and the servant's master felt so sorry for him that he let him go and cancelled all his debt. Now, as his servant went out, he happened to meet fellow servant, who owed him one hundred denarii, and he seized him by the throat and began to throttle him. "Pay what you owe me," he said. His fellow servant fell at his feet and implored him, saying, "Give me time, and I'll pay you." But the other would not agree. On the contrary. He had him thrown into prison till he should pay the debt. His fellow servants were deeply distressed when they saw what had happened, and they went to their master and reported the whole affair to him. Then the master sent for him. You wicked servant, he said, I cancelled all that debt of yours when you appealed to me. Were you not bound then to have pity on your fellow servant, just as I had pity on you? And in his anger, the master handed him over to the torturers till he should pay all his debt. And that is how my heavenly Father will deal with you, unless you each forgive your brother from your heart. The Gospel for today, shame, why, that's some message for us. Yeah, this is, um, yeah, this is a tough one, isn't it? It, it? it continues from last week's Gospel where we were talking about if your brother does wrong, what do you do with him? So, uh, and it continues that with, this section here where um, Peter asks uh, how many times must I forgive? And seven was kind of a, kind of seen as a big, important number. But Jesus is trying to make the point there should be no limit to your forgiveness. Mm. And he's echoing and teaching us A, about how we should interact with 
fellow Christians and with other people, but also it's a parable in terms of us for the mercy of God. Because if God is so generous, you know, we are called to be generous. It's one of the favorite parables for some people in Matthew. um, And it concludes the theme of forgiveness, which, of course, being, you know, the lifeblood of the Christian community. And where we have, we've just completed a whole section in Matthew, which is chapter 18, where we talk about um, the Christian community and the kind of the social teachings of working as a community around quarrels and offenses and, you know, disagreements you know, we, as, a, as, a, as, a, as people, we cannot live together without necessarily upsetting one another. It's, you know, just human nature. Um, and so forgiveness is kind of the vital step. And the whole challenge in this Sunday's Gospel is about real forgiveness. And, um, you know, that it's not necessarily like don't forgive and forget, but remember the forgiveness as well. The parable is very much also linked in, I suppose, um, I was reading Reflection during the week, John, where it talked about the parable being linked into the petition in the Our Father. And it made the thing, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the importance of this petition within the prayer, um, you know, is, is, I suppose, something for us to pause and reflect on. But sometimes we can say the Our Father without particularly thinking about it it kind of just falls off the tongue um very much of course this gospel is very much one of extremes you know you have the servant that owes the millions to his master and then he throttles the poor man that owns him a couple of hundred but of course it is it's the extremes of parables that jesus uses to bring across the teaching that he's trying to get across and that whole idea for us on this sunday's gospel that we are challenged to be as merciful to each other as god will be merciful to each of us and a reminder to us, of course, that God is a merciful God. Um, forgiveness, of course, it's, it's one of the harder aspects, I suppose, of Christian Christian life. Excuse me. Um, particularly, I suppose, when we don't see remorse or purpose of amendment, as it used to be put in the old catechism, uh, on the other person. But it, we are called to be God-like, Christ-like, divine, divine within us. And when we really forgive, we are the ones that gain our peace of mind and we release ourselves from the destruction of anger and rancor and resentment and it's an interesting one you know you you see that whole thing today with modern people with people talking you know about mindfulness and and mental health and positive thinking and all this kind of thing and i'm kind of going well for christians back to the basics folks this is the basics of the message that we were given um that we are called on to be a people of forgiveness a people of mercy not the easiest thing in the world to do when someone treads on your toes and upsets you it's not the easiest thing in the world to do as a kind of tangent to that john i would be saying to people we've had what six six months seven months of this whole covid covid drama and everything that's gone on put it up to you put it out to you there have you been to confession lately in terms of a seeking the mercy and the forgiveness of God, which is readily available to all Christians that go and to receive the sacrament to encourage people to do it? You know, if you, particularly if you haven't done it for a while, it is available at the Redemptorists in Limerick, at the Augustinians in Limerick, and some parishes are also doing it. If your parish is not doing it, maybe it's something to ask the question. Maybe should we be doing it? Particularly before we head in, you know, we're, we're, we're coming towards the middle of September. 
We'll be into October next and then we'll be on to November, the month of the Holy Souls. So just for something to think about. And it can be done even in this COVID time. And it's a reminder to us, we seek the mercy of God. But we're also, if you, you know, that modern expression, pass it on, no, you know, pass it forward, mm-hmm. carry, you know, pass mm-hmm. it forward. Mm-hmm. You know, we are called to pass it forward onto those we encounter in each of our daily lives. Thanks for that, Shane. As you mentioned confession, just a reminder to our listeners, it's in Newcastle West Church every Saturday, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. It's at the West Door. That's uh, just stand outside. If the door is closed, if the door is open, come in and there's a priest inside. 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. But just speaking about Newcastle West Church and resources and so on and so forth in these times when some churches are closed. Just to let you know that in Newcastle West Church, anyway, the church door is open for private for private prayer, 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Monday to Friday, and 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Saturdays and Sundays. I know other churches are open all day long, uh, just in Newcastle West. I thought I'd just mention that to listeners. Just one last thing in terms of our thought on today's gospel. I just picked up something here from um, my good friend Sylvester O'Flynn, who gives us a reflection every week. And he's often, uh, part of his offering this week is, Mr. A or Father B or Sister C may have done me wrong. If they sinned, then that's their problem. But if I harbour anger and resentment towards them, then I too have a problem. I've been affected by their poison. Now there are two wrongs in a situation which rarely makes a right. Isn't it significant that when Jesus spoke about the man who would not forgive his fellow servant, the image which dominates the story is prison. To harbour resentment or to hold on to hurt memories is to be imprisoned, bound in chains and paralysed. But to overcome bitterness and anger is just to be released. It is pardoning that we are pardoned and released and healed and restored. So that about brings us to the end of the programme this morning. But again, just to, just before we finish off the programme, myself and Shane offer what thoughts come to us after reflecting and praying about the Sunday Gospels. And as Father Frank often said to us over the years in Lectio Divina, you know, that the Gospel can contain many ideas, but the Holy Spirit will put something on my mind or Shane's mind or Father Duke's mind or whosoever mind it is. And I think it's so important if we can just to take time over the Gospel. It's a shame these days, I think, that mass leaflets are not available. I think it's a shame that mass leaflets are not available for those who might wish to access those. To be able to sit with, just to read it a few times, let the Holy Spirit um, implant in our own minds what the Holy Spirit wants us to hear. Maybe somebody might pick up that idea. One last thing in terms of resources, Shane mentioned at the Abbey Bookshop in, Newca- in uh, Lermick City. There's some lovely books there uh, which give reflections on the Sunday Gospel. I've got one, there are two that I use each week. The Good News by Sylvester O'Flynn and Michael Devertai, Lectio Divina. Shane's got a dose of them too as well. They're available online. Whichever way you go, I think it's important to stay in touch because if we don't stay in touch, we'll lose it and, and we're not too sure what's happening when we attend Mass. It's so important if you can get, get to Mass. It's so important to try to prepare before you go to Mass. Yeah. And also just to say to people, I suppose one of the things COVID has taught us is that um, we do need to develop and understand and promote in our, in our own family situations a domestic church. Yeah. Now, just in terms of next week's program, John, just to flag to people, we are hoping and planning to do a program around the whole area of grief. 
and particularly grief in a time of COVID. Now, we're still finalising things. Uh, we have one of two options that are available to us. So we that's the plan for next week. So hopefully that will happen if our guest is available. And it's just reflections on, you know, dealing with it from the point of view of maybe someone that you know might have died from COVID, but also the fact that we've dis- in socially we have disrupted how we deal with grief as a community in the last number of months, particularly as Irish people, and how we have or how we deal with grief as as a community in in our culture, and so we're going to have a small number of reflection hopefully next week on that. That's the plan, and then uh, after the week after that, we are hoping to do a reflection on what have we learned as a faith community from the COVID experience. Uh, well, we'll see. Well, hopefully it will be good. It's going to be our first roundtable. We're going to have a number of guests on at the same time and we're hoping that it goes well. <laughs> John is blessing himself here in, in, in studio. Yeah. So that's kind of just kind of an indication of what's coming up over the next couple of weeks. So listeners, thank you very much for joining with us this morning, John. And we'll go out with our final piece of music by John Michael Talbot. Might be ideal. After that gospel, it's entitled The Peace Prayer. So for myself and Shane, until next week, I bless you all now. Bye. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace Where there is hatred Let me
Thank you.